Hello, and welcome to the Park Baptist Church Podcast with Pastor David Blakely. Our goal is to preach the Word of God in a real and authentic way, so you are filled with the Spirit to guide you through life each and every week. To learn more about Park Baptist Church, visit parkbaptist.com. And now, Pastor David Blakely. I think I can say without too much disagreement that as a nation, we're in trouble. Um, our society is rotting. Uh, you know, the, the failure of our politicians, uh, the crime, the, the racial fractioning, the LBGQ agenda, um, you know, failure of our education system, uh, a divorce rate that's over 50%. You know, these are all symptoms of a deeper issue, a, a deeper problem. Our society is not just broken, it, it's failing. You know, uh, and, and unless change occurs very rapidly, uh, history is going to look at the American experience as being nothing other than a blip on the radar. It, it was just come and gone. You know, our, our society is in trouble. And I'm not trying to be melodramatic, but I do believe that as the father goes, so goes the family. And as the family goes, so goes the community. And as the community goes, so goes the society. And again, I say our society is badly broken. You know, and the sad reality also is that too often, Men are nothing more than bystanders in their own home. That, you know, as a bystander, that's just somebody who, who kind of sees what's happening but doesn't really do anything, doesn't get involved, doesn't insert themselves in. And this isn't a new problem. This is a, a long-standing problem. Going clear back to the book of Genesis, when Adam and Eve were in the garden and the serpent came to test or to tempt um, Adam and Eve, uh, beginning in Genesis 3 with verse 2, Eve is speaking and she says, of course we may eat of the fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You will not die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it. And you will be like a God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced and she saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious. And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. Then she gave some to her husband. Now catch this. Who was with her? And he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were opened and they were suddenly felt ashamed at their nakedness. Men, we have a bad habit of sitting around while our houses burn. You know, in, in this account, we see Adam being a bystander while his wife is, is being led to a decision that has devastating results. And Adam did nothing. I, I've said before, knowing men are like men, he was probably staring at her chest. You know, quite honestly. He's just standing there going, 
wow, oh, uh. I, I mean, seriously, he, he is oblivious to the damage that's, that's coming down the, the pike. And, and how often, men, do we idly sit by? We leave the responsibilities of the home, of child raising, to, uh, of everything to our wives. You know, it is the man's responsibility to lead the home, to be an example, to set the direction. You know, one of the greatest problems facing the family today is that too many men are either absent or they are uninvolved in, in the home. You know, there are so many young men and women going through life and, and they're, they're looking for, they're needing leadership. You know, they're, they're needing affirmation from, from a man who's supposed to be their father. And when a child doesn't have the involvement of a dad in, in his or her life, then it leaves a void. It, it, you know, there, there are many broken adults who have no sense of grounding, no sense of affirmation in their lives because they never got it from, from the man that was supposed to be their dad. You know, um, I believe that many of the people right here today especially among the men, understand that, that, that this, is, this is something that many have experienced. You know, um, when, when, um, when there's a, a man who steps up in his role in the house, when he's fully engaged, uh, when, when a child really has someone that they can, that they can re- relate to as daddy, then it's going to give them strength and, and abilities that they wouldn't have otherwise. You know, I, I want to applaud single moms because they work so hard and they're, they're trying to do the job of, of both parents. But a woman can't teach a child a lot of things that they need. You know, it, it's not fair or easy for a mom to have to teach a boy how to be a man. You know, and, and it's sadly, there, you know, women can't model what a man is supposed to be like. So when they grow up, they, they know what a, a husband and what a man should be. You know, it takes a man to do that. And father, you know, if fathers are going to make a difference in the lives of their children, then they need to have a, a presence in the home that, that is a role of leadership, not just not just a, a guy in the house, but, but a positive role model. You know, children need to, to grow up hearing the loving voice of their father. You know, dads, we need to be involved. You know, but in order for a, a dad to be involved in, in the life of his child, he, he's got to be engaged. You know, he, he's, he's got to model godliness. You know, the Bible says that God spoke and the world came into existence. The the reality is, is life and death are in the power of the tongue. The Bible tells us that. So men, every time we speak, whether we speak positively or we speak negatively, you know, we, we are making an impact on the children in our lives. You know, let's don't miss that point. 
You know, and, and so today, what I want to do is draw from the example of, of the perfect father, God in heaven, and how he related to Jesus. In Matthew chapter 3, beginning with verse 16, after his baptism, as Jesus came up out of the water, the heavens were opened and he saw the Spirit of God descend, descending like a dove and settling onto him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my dearly loved son who brings me great joy. When a dad is involved, when he's engaged, the children know he's present because he speaks to them. And, and when he speaks, they, they need to be words that communicate a sense of belonging. You know, a, a sense of close relationship. You know, uh, as... as God demonstrates for us here, you know, he says, my dearly loved son. These are the words that move a child's heart. You know, whether it's a boy or a girl, when they hear dad say things like that to them, it brings a, a, a sense of attachment. It, it brings a sense of connection. You know, when we communicate words of approval and, and, that, and, and belonging to our children, that young boy no longer has to, to look to anyone else to tell him that he matters, that he's important. And, and when a daughter knows that, he belong, or that she belongs to her dad, that she's loved, that she's accepted, then she doesn't have to go out seeking the approval of some other man who may or may not treat her right, who, who may or may not exploit her, take advantage of her. You know, fathers, it is our responsibility to let our children know that they matter, that they belong. You know, and if God the Father took the time to tell Jesus how much He loved and appreciated Him, how much more important is it that we do it? You know, may, maybe you're here today and you're, you're seeking healing from a father that fell short in his responsibilities. Maybe he ignored you, never recognized you for who you were. I want to tell you, there is he <clears throat> healing in the name of Jesus Christ. You know, you may need to forgive a father who, who fell short and, and never spoke words of, of love and recognition in your life. You may have really deep-seated hurt and anger and unforgiveness and bitterness, but the reality is, in Jesus Christ, there's healing. There's transformation. God has promised to be the Father to the fatherless. And, and He's saying to each and every one of us, you are my beloved child. We have God's approval. You know, sometimes because we didn't get it from our earthly fathers, it's hard to understand that Jesus and that, that God loves us and that He accepts us. So when, when a dad speaks, he really needs to communicate words that convey love and acceptance and, and a sense of belonging. You know, in, in John chapter 1, we see that Jesus was rejected by the people that should have, have accepted Him and loved Him. It says, He came into the very world He created, but the world didn't recognize Him. He came to His own people, and even they rejected Him. 
A lot of us find ourselves in, in that type of situation. But notice what verse 12 says. But to all who believe in Him and accepted Him, He gave the right to become children of God. Here we see that even though Jesus was rejected by His own we have the promise of God that when we come to God, when we believe, when we turn our life over to Him, God welcomes us into His family. Amen. Now, secondly, when a dad is engaged, the words he speaks will convey to his children that they have value, that they have worth. You know, if children are going to grow up knowing that they... they they can carry the weight that society needs them to carry, you know, that they have worth, then those words of, of encouragement need to come from dad. You know, it doesn't matter whether the dad's in the home or out of the home. You know, the, the sad reality is, is there's a lot of kids that are growing up in single parent homes and dad isn't there all of the time. But the reality is, is that we still have the responsibility, the obligation, and the need to invest into those children's lives. Think of it this way, when, when God spoke to Jesus when He came up out of the baptism water, Jesus was living in another country than God was. God was in heaven, Jesus was on earth. You know, sometimes it's not possible to be in the same proximity with our child. And certainly as we become adults and, and we move away from home, you know, dads and, and children don't live necessarily close together. But that doesn't mean that we quit. You know, every single one of us have a connection to people that we need to be investing in. You know, uh, as a loving and concerned father, God knew that Jesus was living in a very rough world and that it was a world that was rejecting him. And so he needed to hear from his heavenly father that he mattered, that what he was doing was on track, that, it, that, it was, that he was headed in the right direction. Isn't it interesting that just after God affirmed Jesus as His beloved Son in whom He was, was well pleased, right after that is when Jesus went out into the wilderness and He was tempted by the devil. And in Matthew 4, 1, it says, Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted there by the devil. Now, what was fresh in Jesus' mind? The fact that God had just said, you are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And soon as He gets out into the wilderness, one of the first things that Satan says to him is, well, if you're God's Son, you know, he, he's, he's already attacking that relationship. He's trying to plant a, a seed of doubt in Jesus' mind. What we need to take from that is that there are a lot of voices out there that are competing for our children. 
And if they have heard the voice of a loving father saying, you matter, I care about you, I'm engaged in you, I'm invested in you, if a, if a child knows that, then when they go out into society and they hear the crap that's going to be told to them, they're going to have the ability of saying, it doesn't matter what's being told to me by the people around me, I know I have a father who loves me, who cares about me, who's engaged in my life, I matter. You know, this is so critical. Our world is, is in trouble. And if our children are not hearing the right words from us, where are they going to hear it? You know, that, that is our job. You know, uh, we need to affirm as, as fathers, as men, you know, so that they stay out of trouble, so that they don't, so that they don't get pulled into the, the garbage that, that our society is pumping out. Thirdly, when, it, when a dad is involved, the words he speaks are going to create in them a, a sense of confidence. You know, we, we need to communicate to our children that I recognize who you are and I like who you are and I, I want you to understand that I have you, I have your back. I go out and, and do life and, and I'm, I'm here right with you and I'm supporting you. I'm encouraging you. You know, that's what God is saying to Jesus as His Son. He's saying, you make me proud. I, I believe in you. You know, if God again saw the need to do that for Jesus, how critical is it that we be doing that? You know, and, and so when, when children know we're behind them, they're going to have confidence. But just the opposite is true if they don't know that. If, they, if they're hearing something other than that from us, then it ruins their confidence. You know, I, most all of us at one point or another have either had children who play sports or have played sports ourselves. And we, we can all relate to those parents who tell their children how terrible they are. How could you strike out? Man, you're, you stink, you know, and, and you've, we've all heard those sort of things. And hopefully none of that's come out of our mouths, but, you know, things happen. And, and so what we need to understand is our words can't be brought back. Once we say them, whether they're positive or negative, once they're spoken, they're spoken. And so, you know, when, when we build a child up, you know, and, and I'm not saying we should lie to our children, you know, but at the same time, we also need to, to help our children to, to have confidence in themselves. Kind and affirming words are great tools in the hands of a dad when, when it's so easy to speak careless or unthoughtful words. You know, let's, let's be careful how we speak to our children. They're, they're being formed by the things that we say to them and by, by the way we, we relate to them, by the way we speak to them. Yes, we need to push them. Yes, we need to encourage them. We need them to, to rise to their full potential. But let's be honest, there are probably very few future major leaguers or NFL stars, you know, let's just be honest, that's not going to probably happen. So we don't need to drive kids relentlessly to, to be the next greatest thing. 
Let's, let's use our time with them to build them into good quality people. You know, our children shouldn't have to earn our love or our admiration. We shouldn't pass off our neurosis onto our kids because maybe we weren't that great in, in sports or, or math or whatever. We don't need to pass that off on our child. You know, uh, our children are gifts from God. We have a short time with them in the home. And so we need to make the most of that time. We need to bless them by speaking words of love and admiration into their lives so that they have a sense of confidence. You know, fathers, when we speak into our, our children's lives, again, we can't pull that back. So be careful how you speak. Proverbs 19.18 says, Discipline your child in their early years while there is hope. If you don't, you will ruin their life. So part of what we want to do is, is use discipline to help shape them. We're not punishing them. We're, we're trying to mold them. We're trying to help them become better individuals. Fourth, when, when you have a father that's in, invested, when he speaks into his child's life, that will challenge the child to live a godly life, to live a righteous life. Fathers are the ones to pass on the spiritual foundation. It's not the church's job. It's not the mom's job. It's the dad's job to lay down the, the path, to lay down the direction of spiritual upbringing. Ephesians 6, 4 says, Fathers, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with the discipline and the instruction that comes from the Lord. We have a responsibility to teach our children more than just basic manners. Yes, by all means, let's teach our children not to pick their noses at the table. You bet. But that's not the sum total. We need to understand that whether our children become godly men and women is, is found at home by, by the way we live, by the way we speak, by the way we teach. You know, most children leave the faith when they move out of mom and dad's house. And, and I think that the reason that they do that is because they never saw mom and dad living the faith. You know, do, do your children ever see you praying? Do your children ever see you reading the Bible? Do they ever see you living in a Christ-like manner? You know, I, why would someone keep, keep attending a church that's... That, if they don't see that the parents have bought into that, that they don't really believe it themselves. Challenge them to accept the faith, to accept the beliefs and the values because they see it in your life. You know, teach your children how to praise and worship God in their own lives. And, and the way you do that is by doing it in front of them and, and including them in that. Keep an ongoing conversation ab about your relationship with God and the struggles that you have so that your children see a real legitimate person rather than a hypocrite. You know, our, our kids are not dumb and if they see us living a two-faced life, 
that's a load of crock, you know? And so why live that way? Challenge them to cultivate a relationship with Jesus Christ and, and let them see it in your life as well. You know, if you don't know how to do these things, then spend the time necessary to learn. Uh, you know, call me. I'll, I'll help you in any way I can. And I'm not saying that I'm in Mr. Perfect by no means. I'm not. You know, but the reality is, is that we learn by doing. And so let's get, let's get engaged in this. Show them Christ in your life. Engage them in spiritual manners. It, it, it's our responsibility to lead them to Jesus Christ. And if not you, then who? You know, honestly, they're not going to get it out on the streets, that's for sure. You know, the, the only way our children are going to learn about Jesus Christ is from us. So if we don't do it, it's not going to happen. And that's why our society is in the mess that it is in. is because for too long, we Christian men have been sitting around with our hands in our pockets going, wow, this really stinks, man. We need to, we need to make sure we vote next time. Well, okay, yeah, great. But how about living a life that matters now? It's up to us. You know, again, I began by pointing out that our, our society is broken. And... The only way that it's going to fix, get fixed is if we, me, you, make the changes in our lives necessary so that we live honest, legitimate, godly lives. That's, that's the only way it's going to change. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I would like to begin by praying for the men that are a part of this service whether they're here in the building or whether they're watching online. And Father, I want to pray for them and I want to bring them before you. The Bible says that you know how many hairs we have on each of our heads. The Bible says that you know every last detail of our lives. And so Father, there's nobody that's a part of this service that is anonymous to you. You may be anonymous to them, but they are not anonymous to you. And so, Father, I bring them before you, and I, I pray for them. I pray that you would speak to their hearts right now, that you would speak to their, their intelligence. Help them to understand the critical position that they hold as fathers, as grandfathers, as future fathers, as men. We, Lord, need to stand up and be responsible. Help us, Father, to do that. It is a part of our, our nature to stand around and do nothing too often. So, Father, my prayer is that You will help us, that You will motivate us where it's necessary that You will kick us in the rear if that's what needs to be done. But help us, Lord, to stand up to the responsibility of being the men that you have called us to be. God, we desperately need you. And I, I thank you that you love us. I thank you that you were willing, Jesus, to die on a cross. You, you did what a man needed to do. You took the punishment of all of our sin upon yourself. And I thank you.
God, please have your will done in our lives today. And I pray this all in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus. Amen.